it's oh it's yeah really it's it's counterintuitive because they say mm. with passwords pick something that you will remember mm. but you can't pick anything that you know right? yes. <laughs> so exactly. that that doesn't make any sense at all to do that. And uh, I think all of my all of my passwords are now variations on one word. It's always mm. like word word one or word word ten or word word one hundred or a thousand or I think one of them is ten thousand now. I just keep adding zeros to the to the end. <laughs> um, if that doesn't work, it's like try. Try the capital letters. Try putting capital letters in, and I try to do that. And it's it's really really crazy. I just let I let Google have access to all my passwords, and Google automatically remembers them, which means that Google knows all my passwords. And I don't care. Mm. I don't care that Google knows all my passwords because if you've got mm. nothing to hide, what is the point in in hiding? something right i mean it, mm. it, it's um, <laughs> why would anybody want access to somebody might steal your data uh, like you know theft here's here's a theory for you theft is appreciation of value what this means is if somebody steals something or takes something that doesn't belong to them it's because the thing that they're taking has some value. Mm. And if there's something that's valuable, then you have some power or control over yeah. um, over something or some knowledge of something, which is kind of kind of nice. It's, it's kind of important. Mm. So if ever anybody wants to take something from you, it's it's because you have something and that, that's good, right? So um, if somebody ever wanted to steal something from me, I would be like, well, okay, that's because I have something of value. Because you don't, you don't steal things that have no value. You don't take things that are worth nothing. You always take something that's worth something. So, um, so I, I don't really care about my security online. I think if somebody stole my account for some reason, uh, whatever you know, that, that's that's that that's life. I hope that I wouldn't lose my data, and I trust the companies that are the big companies to protect the data to a certain mm. extent. But of course, they're in control. But that's all right. I don't, I don't mind if if uh, they have some control because they have to because it's their system. So uh, it's uh, it's crazy with all the logins and passwords. I really don't know all my logins and passwords, and I have given Google permission to automatically fill any forms with my data. So, uh, so, so fair enough. And uh, luckily I am internet savvy, which means I understand a little bit how it works and you can, or, or I can, at least I can, I can see when something is not right. You know, if some, if some website asks me for some data, and it's a little mm. bit unusual, you know, like I can see that and I can go, well, you know, I don't actually think that it's a good idea to put my data into this website because I'm not buying anything from them or uh, they don't need to know where I live or whatever. So um, there's definitely a, um, <laughs> a lot of hassle and problems with 
yes, all of these all, all of these things. And you know, I was told years ago, or I think we were all told years ago, that once we have facial recognition, everything will be easy. You will just look at the camera, and everything will happen <laughs> automatically. Or uh, you know, you you'll use your fingerprint. Your fingerprint is unique to you. It's not actually. There are quite a few people who have similar fingerprints, to be honest. Right. So it's it's, it's not entirely unique. It, it's pretty unique, but not entirely unique. And um, um, yeah, you'll just scan your fingerprint, and, and that sort of hasn't really happened, especially not with uh, computers. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's a it, it, it's a puzzle, and whenever mm. it's, a, <laughs> it's always a bit of a problem when the computer asks me for my password. Like my password for Skype, I've got no idea what my password for Skype is. I've got no idea mm. what my password for Facebook is. I've got no idea what my password. I have no idea what any of them are. And then, and then it says we will suggest a password for you. We will give you a secure and safe password. And it's like one cb dot three slash q s p six seven dot slash space underscore whatever. And it's like you'll never remember that ever. So, um, <laughs> so thank thank you Google for giving me something that's impossible to remember. Um, I quite expect one day to try to log into the internet and to not get anywhere at all because I don't have any of the right passwords because I can't remember them. Um, but hopefully that won't happen. I will cross my fingers. I had a book of uh, I had a book of passwords at one point. I was just like I just threw it away. I was just, ah forget it, whatever you know. The, the hopefully the internet is designed so that uh, we don't get locked out of it. Uh, from our own stupidity um, and then it, there's always if you if you notice there's there's whenever i whenever i've forgotten a password which has happened lots of times um it always says if you forget your password click here and we will yeah. send you an email to reset <laughs> okay so I don't, I don't even need to remember my password because i can instantly click and get an email and then reset my own password so um um, that it, it, it's almost pointless anyway. So, if anybody was using my computer, they would have access to everything. Which, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I understand if you're a big company and you have some data related to sales, which yeah. or pricing or prices or systems or algorithms or calculations that is unique to your company or maybe you have um you know maybe you've signed non-disclosure agreements meaning you can't talk about certain things and that data has to be sometimes protected like i've signed a few of those recently and mm. um that's sort of fair enough but then it's not really your fault sometimes if things get stolen from you no, i mean yeah. as long as long as you take basic precautions uh, yeah cybersecurity is one of those terms which is slightly contradictory it's, it's like mm. oxy, oxymoronic it, it goes against itself it's like um, artificial intelligence you can't be artificial and be intelligent um, but i but we understand what what people mean by it but uh 
nothing that is on the internet is secure. I mean, it, it, you yeah, don't definitely. need to be. <laughs> um, anything that is on a Wi-Fi network can, which is everything now, right? Um, it, it wasn't at the beginning, but um, anything which is on a Wi-Fi network, and everything is one network now, basically, mm. um, can be can be accessed and um, and can can be found. Even even the security that people put in place, like adding VPNs and things, it, it's another. It's just another layer of of security, but it can still be hacked and it can still be got around. And the the idea that the idea that if I use a VPN that pretends that I'm in Argentina, um, the idea that my internet service provider doesn't know that I'm, the people who hide where you are, they know where you are, mm. right? Um, your, your web browser basically knows where you are. I mean, mm. whatever browser you've used, Firefox or um, Internet Explorer, which nobody in the world uses, nobody mm. uses Internet Explorer. It's, it's, it's mm. a myth, right? Um, so whatever browser you, you use is collecting and storing and sharing the data of where you visit. And then you've got background programs like uh, um, there are many, for example, applications in phones that collect all the data running through your phone um, in the background. Uh, Facebook is famous for doing that, does that on the desktop as well, of course. Um, so uh, TikTok does that. Any, any app that requires certain permissions will um, extract data. Now, it, it can be using these things for practical purposes as mm -hmm. well, but uh, um, there is... There... <laughs> Security is an illusion. Really, security is an illusion, and that's um, here's the um, he, he, here's a crazy statement. Security is an illusion. That's why we need God, hmm. because all really all security is an illusion, right? You, my door has a lock on it, right? It's a lock. I need a key for it. My door has a lock on it. But any locksmith, and there are hundreds or thousands of locksmiths, people who work mm. with locks, can get into the flat very easily. Yeah. Right? I mean, they, they, there will be certain types of keys and master keys. And um, even, even, though, even though my flat is hyper secure and that my key for my flat cannot be copied, I've got a key for my flat. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my key cannot be copied unless I get an official certificate and go to an official company and mm. and get it done personally, which takes months. If I want to copy mm. a key, it'll take months. But I can get a locksmith to come and change the lock on the door in half an hour, right? You know, <laughs> it, 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 mm. it's um, so. So it's it's not secure. So the, the sad but true, but uh, nothing is secure. Your 
your, um, <laughs> you know, the digital electronic locks on cars. I mean, that's just a frequency. It's a frequency signal. You scan the frequency signal um, or you copy the frequency signal. Sometimes it's just an audio. Sometimes it's just an audio noise as well. I've heard, I've heard that um, I haven't tested this, but I've heard that this is true, that if you are in your flat, you can take your electronic digital key and put it next to your mobile phone. Call somebody who's next to your car. Yeah, and they put their phone next to your car. You can open the car. Even though you're because the digital signal will travel through your phone to your car. I will check. So you can you, you can you can actually you don't have to be. I mean, you're, it's, it's just a digital signal, right? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a digital signal, right? And mm. digital signals, just like a, you can have a physical copy, you can also have a digital copy as well. Mm. You know? So, um, so once you know the type of car and the network it's on, then you can, if you are digitally minded, you mm. can uh, reproduce the same frequency of of signal um yeah. i'm not exactly sure how it all works and sometimes i'm kind of surprised that there are not more problems and that um that one key doesn't open more doors um but if it makes people's lives easier then you know it, it in general, it's a good thing. I mean, then one less task can make a big difference to people. The fact that you don't have to go into your pocket and take out your key and put your key mm. in, and turn it. The fact you can just walk up and open the door um, will make a lot of people's lives easier. <laughs> it, mm -hmm. it, it might also mean that a lot of people lose their keys because they never have to use them. <laughs> and they, they don't know where they are. But... Um, um, you know, that the, the digital systems have some some advantages. Um, yeah. I, I wonder how much though it's still the illusion of security because in the same way that you could break into a lock or pick a lock or just break a lock in, in the past, you could mm. probably pretty much do the same with all the digital technology and the, um, the cyber elements around that as well. I mean, it's, it's probably pretty interesting if you have a computer and you're able to scan the environment around about you and see what is there. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had one of those, you can get little applications for your phone that um, optimize your internet connection. And what it does is it, it scans your, the place where you live, your, your, your home, your house, mm -hmm. your flat. It scans for all the signals and all the different frequencies that are there. And then if you want a faster internet connection, it looks for the 
signals with the least amount of interference. Like if there's more signals on one level, then there'll be a lot of interference. So what it does is it scans for um, your internet signal that is the most clean signal and then mm. connects you to that clean signal. And it's really interesting that if you have one of those apps and I've had one and used it to see all of the 12 or 15 different um, signal channels that are full in your home that you don't even know about that different devices and things are connecting on. It's like every home has these 10 or 15 different systems within it that are communicating and connecting with each other already that we can't even see. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of digital noise and uh, um, it's obviously going to be on the other side, it's obviously going to be affecting people's health and things in some way as well, mm -hmm. having all this uh, digital frequency in the environment uh, that we can't see. Um, but uh, um, it's all there and it's, it, it's interesting that there's a whole world of technology that, uh, um, that we're hopefully using to make our lives better, but sometimes it just makes it more complicated. Uh, mm. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the old ways are the best way, you know, key, door, turnkey. Yes. Yes. And uh, I mean, it's the same old story of, uh, yeah, nobody wants children to be working in mines in Africa, but everybody wants a new Intel chip in their mm. computer. And it's the children working in the mines in Africa that dig out the minerals that get processed, that get turned into the chips. Mm. And people don't realize there's a whole process involved there. Um, you know, that's part of what, um, that's part of what the Middle East crisis in Afghanistan is about. There are lots of mm. rare minerals out there that can be mined and are necessary to provide um, the, the raw minerals for the digital world that we live in. And mm -hmm. these, what's crazy as well is these resources are limited, right? Yeah. These are not infinite resources. These are finite resources. And we're building a world and a culture that is running not on infinite resources, but on finite resources. And we're going to, we're going to run out of those mm. <laughs> right? Right. E eventually at, at some point, um, especially the, the rare earth minerals, which are, which are very special. It's different if it's um, oil, I think, because we have still have thousands of years worth of resources mm. of that on the planet. So it's not such an urgent problem, but we're, you know, we're building a digital culture where everybody wants the, faster phone they want the uh the better laptop they they want the more electronically enhanced car um mm. in industries want factories that are more efficient that uh have more robotics and automation integrated into their assembly lines and 
so there, there's a great pressure on society to provide this, even, even in our leisure activities, right? Where, mm -hmm. where if there's a digital element to that, whether it's how our sports equipment or sports clothes are made or how mm -hmm. systems are calculated and counted or even how um, gaming industries are, are, are run and, and sports are becoming more digital. There's not, there's not less digitization. There's consistently more digitization within sports as the machines take over because mm -hmm. the, the machine decides if the ball was on this side of the line or that side of the line because it analyzes things in a way that the human eye can't. It will process the, the data faster and make a decision. Mm -hmm. It might even make the wrong decision sometimes because uh, uh, it's probably more accurate than a person, but uh, um, it does what it is told to do. And um, that might be a problem as machines don't have consciences mm. as far as I'm aware, and they probably never will. So, um, yeah, I... I think that um, I've, I've always said that there should be a balance of time for, 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 for every hour that you spend in the digital world, you should have an hour in a non-digital world. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like yeah. I always, always told my kids for every hour that you play like a video game or a computer game, you have to spend an hour outside doing a physical activity. Yeah. You have to, you have to balance those yeah. two, two things, two things up or two things together. Uh, and um, it's, you know, for every, if you look at an average day, for every hour that you spend not moving, you, and that it's necessary, then, then you should spend yeah. an hour moving as well, um, just to, because uh, uh, it's, it's good for your body. I mean, look at, look at children, trying to get them to stay in one place for any period of time is pretty pretty complicated activity uh, unless it's a unless it's a film which is engaging the brain to make the brain think that there is movement in the environment and then that's why the child stays still because they think that they're part of something that they're actually not part of so it's a mm -hmm. it is a way to trick the brain and uh, and so it, it's you know, get on, uh, uh, just getting on a bicycle, right? You know, at, uh, mm. and, and getting outside, just um, picking up some weights and going for a walk, or uh, just, just I don't know, going for a coffee, you know, mm. <laughs> whatever. Getting, getting, getting out and doing things uh, um, matters. Getting that, getting that fresh air. So uh, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I'm surrounded by digital things and I appreciate and like them, but for at least an hour every day, I will make sure I have no contact with anything digital. Like I will go for a jog hmm. and I, will, I won't even take my phone with me, right? I don't even take my phone with me. I just go for a jog and just... You know, all, I've, all I've got is my key to, to 
to get back into my flat, right? Mm. And um, and that's uh, it, it's it's necessary, I think. It's necessary to do that. It doesn't have to be a jogger. Be going to the swimming pool is good for that. Swimming is great because you can't you can't take anything like digital really yes. into the into the water with you, or you, you should. Right. Right? So, uh, what is important is that the activity gets done. It's not yes. imp- it's not important to to me personally how far I go. It's not important to me how fast I go. It's not important to me how many calories I burn up. It's not important to me what my heart rate is because I'm sort of self-aware of those things. I'm not, not, I'm not thinking, okay, I need to, oh, my, my, my heart rate is too fast for the last 10 minutes. I got to slow down. Or something. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sort of self-aware enough to be able to say this this is this is okay or that that's too much or to to, to feel where I'm at. I think it might be because I'm old school and as, as I said, important to me is that the activity gets gets done and I'm not sure would it, would it be helpful to have the data I'm sure the data is helpful to somebody you know if you're a trainer or sports coach or um, you if you want to track your progress mm-hmm. to a certain extent over a period mm-hmm. of time and see if something is better or something is worse and the data can the data can conflict with your experience because your experience is subjective, not objective. And the data very much tends to be objective, which um, can help you make certain decisions better. Mm -hmm. But it's, like I said, it's important that it gets done. It's not a. It's not something that. It's not something that I need to overanalyze because I don't know what I do with the analysis of the data, anyway. If I had the data, um, um, the closest I get to that is being aware of time, right? Uh, and how, like I, I sort of know how fast I go because I, I I can feel it. It's good to have it's good to have maybe times and set yourself targets mm-hmm. and see if you can be faster or slower. I mm-hmm. I timed myself in a race against my son a few weeks ago and my son was faster than me. And mm-hmm. that surprised me because I thought I would be faster than him. So um, <laughs> having that data and information is uh is, is, is practical and useful from, from that aspect. Mm. Um, I don't know. It, it's, I've always seen that activity personally as more of an ad- adventure, which is sort of what keeps it interesting. Like, um, like I don't exactly plan how far I'm 
going to go or how fast I'm going to go or what I'm going to do. I, um, I, I go out with a general purpose of going out and seeing what is possible within the environment. And it's the environment that dictates everything to people. So if you've got a forest nearby or a large part of countryside or some hills, then you can, you know, that, that, that's good because you can use that to your advantage. You can use that for resistance. You can use that for different pathways and different journeys. And when I, uh, when I lived in Bistritza, I would go and jog into the forests around about. Yeah. And I had a little look at a map before I left, but I never had a set plan. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to go this way. And I'll see where this road goes and I'll see where this trail goes. And it happened that sometimes I got lost right? <laughs> out in the forest, which is not really very smart, but um, that was part of the uh, getting comfortable with yeah. being real in the world and the adventure of getting lost is the realization of the fact that you can get lost and you don't know exactly where you are and, and how you handle that situation is, uh, um, is, is important. And um, it's, it, it's good to have some security in situations as well. Like if you've got your phone with you and you've got a problem, then you can use your phone to solve that problem. If you if you're, if you've got a phone and you meet someone who's got a problem, you can use your phone to help them with their problem as well. And so there's all of these other, other advantages, which are not really on my radar.